0: Welcome to journeywithjesus.net, a weekly webzine for the global church. I'm Daniel B. Clendenin. Our essay this week is called Preparing for the Son of Man. It's based upon the lectionary readings for Sunday, November 29, 2015, the first Sunday in Advent. This is a guest essay by novelist Ron Hansen. Ron's many books include Exiles from the year 2008, and then in 2011, A Wild Surge of Guilty Passion. Among his many honors are a Guggenheim Foundation grant, an award in literature from the American Academy and National Institute of Arts and Letters, two grants from the National Endowment for the Arts, in a three-year fellowship from the Lindenhurst Foundation. He's currently the Gerard Manley Hopkins Professor in the Arts and Humanities at Santa Clara University, where he also earned an M.A. in Spirituality in 1995. A guest essay by Ron Hansen. There's an old joke about a gruff army sergeant who after roll call would pass along important news. Reading aloud several items, he then said, Oh, by the way, Private Marion, your folks' house burned down last night. The brutality of the announcement shocked not only Private Marion himself, but also the company commander, and later the captain took the sergeant aside and counseled him to be more diplomatic and less abrupt when he talked about such personal matters. After the next morning's roll call, the sergeant again read out some new information. But then he paused and looked at his soldiers and said, Everyone whose mother is still alive, take one step forward. And then, as the company of men started to take one step forward, the sergeant shouted, Not so fast, Kowalski. In our gospel this Sunday, we have what I would call a not-so-fast moment. In fact, at first glance, this year's gospel for the first Sunday of Advent may seem off-putting. In this holiday season, we expect to hear tidings of comfort and joy, and instead we hear Jesus foretelling future distress among nations, and people fainting from fear and foreboding. We don't have to look very far these days to find terror and threats and evil doings of every kind. And in his prophecy, Jesus warns his disciples and Christians today to apply the same awareness and caution to the end times, just as we we have been forced to do in our own chaotic world. Each liturgical year begins with four Sundays of hope and expectancy. In our deliberate forgetting, we imagine that baby Jesus was not born over 2,000 years ago, so that we can again be excited and overjoyed by the miracle of the Incarnation, or in the grandeur of the opening of the fourth Gospel, that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. But not so fast. We simultaneously are urged to look forward to the calamities and dire straits that will presage the final coming of the Christ, who calls himself in our passage today the Son of Man. And we live in the faith that even now Christ is present with us and active in even the most humdrum existences. And just as the birth of the Messiah occurred in a surprising time and place, so, we are warned, his second coming could catch us sleeping, as the gospel says, weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of life. We're told in the gospel to be vigilant and expect the unexpected, even while we are encouraged to be patient. We are told to wait for Christ's return, not in fear and trembling, but in festive hope, for we have been affiliated with him in our baptisms. We will not be rejected. It is Christ among us who makes us increase and abound in love for one another. As St. Paul puts it, in our second reading from his letter to the Thessalonians. And so we continue to pray with Paul that Christ so strengthens our hearts in holiness that we may be blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. The final conversion of St. Augustine had its origin in his accidental reading of that passage from Thessalonians. May its lesson also be a source of conversion for us as we await Christ's coming at Christmas time and again at the end of the world. A Guest Essay by Novelist Ron Hansen. For books this week, I review a new memoir by David Gregory. It's called How's Your Faith? An Unlikely Spiritual Journey. New York, Simon & Schuster, 2015. This book is 276 pages. By the time he was a sophomore in college, David Gregory knew that he wanted to be a television journalist. He channeled his anxieties about his mother's alcoholism into a fierce ambition. He writes, Everything was subservient to my career. With the help of his father, who was a Los Angeles producer and agent, he succeeded even beyond his lofty imagination. Eventually, he became NBC's chief Weishaupts correspondent and then the moderator of Meet the Press when he was only 38 years old. Along the way, David Gregory got married to a woman with a vibrant Methodist faith. They had kids, which provoked questions about how to raise them in an interfaith marriage. While his mother was a lapsed Catholic, his father was Jewish, and Gregory had always identified as a Jew. After six years at Meet the Press, the ratings fell, and so he was replaced, ending a 20-year career at NBC. That made him think about how he measured his worth and self-identity. His mother's alcoholism was a source of pain and reflection, as was his angry temper. So... About 10 years ago, Gregory started on a proactive spiritual journey. He felt like his faith was an empty page and that his Jewish identity was not much more than something ethnic and cultural. He met with a series of religious advisors. He joined a men's Bible study. He was intrigued by a very pointed question from the former president, George Bush, who asked him, Gregory, how's your faith? This book tries to answer that question. While it might not be especially profound, and his stories about Bush treat him with kid gloves, it's deeply personal and characterized by remarkable candor. Gregory's book reminded me of the new book by David Brooks, The Road to Character, a genuine effort by a prominent journalist to move beyond the limelight and explore life's deepest questions. Bravo for David Gregory. Once again, the title of the book, How's Your Faith? An Unlikely Spiritual Journey. For movies this week, I review a documentary film from Pakistan. It's called He Named Me Malala, 2015. If you have not read the 2013 book, I Am Malala, then this film might be worth your while. But if you did read the inspirational story of Malala Yousafzai, then this docudrama doesn't really add anything new. The movie combines archival footage, photographs, filming her unusual family life in England, and even animation. In this awkward telling, she's both a global activist and a giggly teenager. A few current scenes take us with Malala to places like Syria, Nigeria, and Kenya. But most of the movie is old history of how she was 11 years old when the Taliban took over her Swat valley in northwestern Pakistan in 2008. They bombed everything—power stations, a ski lift, hotels, funerals, and over 400 schools, they conducted public whippings and hangings, they beheaded over 1,400 fellow Muslims. When she was 15 years old, on October the 9th, 2012, a Taliban gunman fired three shots at point-blank range at Malala as she rode home on her school bus. By that time, she was already an international icon, as an outspoken critic of all forms of violence and oppression, and as an advocate for education for girls. And then, in October 2014, barely a year ago, at the age of 17, she became the youngest recipient of the Nobel Peace Prize. In one worthy spin-off of this movie, National Geographic acquired broadcasting rights to the film and is airing it in 171 countries in 45 different languages. Once again, the name of the movie, based upon the book, he named me Malala. And finally, for poetry this week, A favorite Advent poem by David Redding. It's from his 1965 book, 50 years ago. The title of the book, If I Could Pray Again. The title of the poem, Adult Advent Announcement. O Lord, let Advent begin again in us. Not merely in commercials. For that first Christmas was not simply for children, but for the wise and the strong. It was crowded around that cradle with kings kneeling. Speak to us who seek an adult seat this year. Help us to realize as we fill stockings, Christmas is mainly for the old folks. Bent backs and tired eyes need relief and light a little more. No wonder it was grown-ups who were the first to notice such a star. Adult Advent Announcement by David Redding Thank you for joining us at journeywithjesus.net. For Sunday... November ninth, 2015, the first Sunday in Advent. I'm Daniel B. Clendenin.